Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one book boy. Standing six foot two, three hundred and something pounds from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's John Gabris. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine from A Star Is Born. Yeah, it's me. Abortion is healthcare. Thank you for that. Slightly updating you as a reference. Also joining me in High My Studios, my nearly silent co-host Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur is in the living room. He's limping. His arthritis is acting up, so he's on a low pillow. He will not be hanging out in the office because the couch is too high for him. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, his new special is called Spiritually Filthy. You can find it on YouTube. It's comedian Mort Burke. That intro got me rock hard, which I was oh, not expecting. Mission accomplished. And I'm... I believed you, but thank you for showing me. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I totally, <laughs> I didn't doubt it. But now you're right. That's rock, baby. Yeah, Welcome. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a coward. I mean, I, you know what I mean. I come absolutely correct. I back it the fuck up when I when I. <laughs> well, Mort, it's a pleasure to meet you on air. But this is uh, this is fucking thrilling for me because when you threw out your topic, it's something I haven't really talked about at length, but something that's a part of my life in a weird way. Dude, I'm very interested. How so? I, as any 41-year-old who grew up in the 90s, I yeah. got into skateboarding. And I used to skate. I used to steal 411 DVDs from Brand's Bicycle Shop. Uh, and, and I would steal Bauer ball bearings. And I would steal so much shit from local skate shops. Shoplifting and skateboarding coincided in a real like light, a middle class punk way for me. <laughs> that was, so. <laughs> which is, I totally respect and understand. And also, the only people we shouldn't shoplift from is skateboard shops. Yep. Everyone else I endorse. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> but dude, but okay. if you want skateboarding stuff, you're not going to be able right. to shoplift it from Marshalls. And you know, I got the cash, they'll understand. You know what I mean? It's a part of the culture. It's, we're all little weird, filthy delinquents. You got to learn how to sticky fingers. Okay, so four one. So you're buying four ones on DVDs. So my assumption is that that must have been probably like, like from four and one twenty on. 
No, thing? it might. Yeah, I'm not positive which one it was, and they might have even been been VHS. Yeah, to be honest, it definitely started on VHS. I had VH. I had four one number one for sure, and it was definitely on VHS at least through the like twenties. Oh yeah, because I I was done skateboarding for like by ninety seven ninety eight. So uh uh yeah, I was skate skating like oh, this would be like ninety four through ninety seven, and never did more than an ollie and couldn't even keep up with my friends on pure transportation uh, standpoint. Like we'd be like, let's skate to McDonald's. I'd be like, great. And like halfway through, I'd be like kind of half jogging in my fucking jeans, holding a fucking <laughs> my deck under my arm, like a fucking f- loser. Bros. I feel sick. bro. <laughs> <laughs> wait for me, dudes. Well, yeah. Oh wait. I like when we set up a rail and you guys grind it and I kind of just sit on my board and go, Oh, dude, I did a lot of standing around watching people rip. That's part of the whole get, you know what I mean? You've, I, and also, like, I'm such a nerd for skateboarding still to this day, probably because I didn't get that good. Do you know what I mean? That's like, how you stay, because then you're not, like, disappointed in yourself ever. That's that's luckily why I'm still such a student of the world, because I've never mm. mastered literally anything. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. The closest thing I have to mastery is improv, and that's humiliating to say out loud so i refuse to cop to that (laughs) (laughs) dude we had you and i had very similar lives i think which are like and i think we're appropriately embarrassed about the past that they took (laughs) oh i agree i agree Uh, that is wholeheartedly me so are you still skateboarding that's my Uh, question yeah i mean dude i rolled i okay so i went to the skate park two days ago i rolled around i did a couple of little ollies yeah it's at the sad point where it's as much about like calisthenics as it is anything else. It's almost, you know? yeah, it's just like fitness. It's like a way to move, to make yeah. sure you move. Yeah, that's yeah, fucking old, helpful. These old crack bones needs to get some, <laughs> you know what I mean, some dust off them or whatever. So, and, but dude, I went to a skateboard shop today. I was going to try and get some shoes and they didn't have what I wanted. So I bought some sunglasses to try and like support my local because that's an important thing. It's like, it's hard to keep a skate shop open. Dude, I know. it. Yeah. It's so, because you think, like Amazon ate the lunch of so many fucking businesses, mm-hmm. but I think it's like those specific businesses that like, I'll tell you a business I haven't used since I was 13. Thanks mm. to Amazon GNC, like buying supplements used to be like, I go to the supplement store to get my creatine or my protein powder or my multivitamins. Uh-huh. Right now it's like that make that's at like Amazon eats. And so these specifics where you're like, I could probably order independent trucks from yep. Amazon or whatever, yep. you know, like, yeah. and that makes, and you're like, well, uh, there's a one skate shop, it's four towns away, or I can have this delivered to my house in two days. Two days. And then, right. And to get exactly what I want, like, uh, uh, you know, the, the warehouse of any option I ever desire. Instead of right. going to the place, you're like, well, shit, they only got like 20 boards and 10 pairs of shoes. But the thing is so important about the skate shop, it is part of the culture. So that's like where you go to learn from the older kids, like what is tasteful, what who is important in the lineage of skateboarding, like what's cool, what's not. So you, got, so you can learn the rules so you can break them. It's like a whole important aspect. Well, that, yeah, now with hindsight as a grown-up, I totally see that. And like, I'm like, oh, and also you should want to support the store that's based on your hobby in a way, right? Like- uh, we had Alacal Cruise Surf Shop in my hometown on Long Island. Uh, oh. We had a surf shop in town who sold some skateboard stuff. The bicycle shop sold skateboard stuff. But in the 90s, I feel like you can go one town in each direction and hit a skate shop. Now, I would text my brothers and find out that there's probably no more skate. There's probably one skate shop on Long Island, and it's totally like 
kept open by like dozens of groms who hang out there like every day. Yeah, and you were lucky in New York too, because you had there were there was a, there were tons of skate shops. Like we only had we had I'm from St. Louis and we had two, and they were you know 30 miles apart. But if you're living in like Iowa, I don't know how many you know there was like probably one skate shop in the whole state at that point. You know, yeah, that's that's something cra- I I take that for granted sometimes where I forget where I'm like oh yeah I'm from the suburbs it's like this and people are like I'm from what is called <laughs> rural where I'm like oh right. like my neighbor was further away than your skate shop was yeah there's like, like I'm from fucking Oklahoma where <laughs> meth is my mayor you know what I mean like it's a whole different fucking deal when you're in like the badlands trying to figure out what you're doing you're like where's the nearest hipster thing it's like oh not uh, it's only in the city area got it okay well <laughs> next time I have a field trip in school. I'll try to sneak off and buy my airwalks. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I had a question. When you said you're looking to buy shoes, mm-hmm. what shoes are you currently looking for? Has skate shoe technology changed a bunch? Because one, th- my barber is like a 24-year-old kid. He's a big-time skater, uh-huh. and he just plays hip-hop music and YouTubes of skate videos while he cuts my hair. So I've been watching about 45 minutes a month of skate videos. <laughs> and, nice. I'm, and, and I'm totally, I'm so happy to have them. But I noticed how the gear and tech hasn't like changed at all. Like everyone's still in like khakis or jeans and a baggy t-shirt, maybe a bean. Everyone's got their sort of like, yeah, I have uh, I have like tube socks and board shorts on. Like everyone dresses so the same. Like o- other sports, everything has changed and like streamlined and like a performance and oh, you need this, you need that, and like nothing about. There are more boards that people are skating on for fun, but nothing else has really changed about the sport. Yeah, you're saying like some of the shaped boards are different, right? They're like yeah, they have but the, they're not just a popsicle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, not just a popsicle. We used to have the popsicle and then what we called old school skateboard, which is yes. like the tail pad and like the kind of fat nose. I had that first. Yes. Well, uh, okay, so so Gabriel, so your your generation really you're I think you're if you're having um a beautiful nostalgic trip through memory lane about what a beautiful time that was in skateboarding. You're not incorrect. Like 94 to 98 <laughs> was incredible. Yeah, like I, I, I did feel like it was crazy how many people I knew skateboarded. Like it and, was like, yeah. And the, the, the uniform had kind of cleaned up a little bit in the early nineties. Everybody dressed like kind of sloppy ravers. Like it was terrible giant, but then it got a little more hip hop in like 95. So it started to be like tasteful jeans and like, Whatever, just like a t-shirt, but like a toy machine t-shirt with like yep. a little devil horns on it or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so I think there's a couple things going on here, which is that like kids, kids today, whatever. There is an element of them kind of hearkening back to the golden days, right? Like, like today, I was maybe gonna go try and buy a pair of DC Links, okay, which is like a mid '90s fucking runnery looking like high tech fat tongue '90s shoe, and that is like that's available. Because there is, a, you know, like whatever, it all goes in cycles, right? So there's people. So now in skate videos, they're playing a lot of like emo and a lot of like trap, and they're dressing a lot like we did in maybe like '92. But <laughs> there are a lot of different styles of skateboarding, right? Like although they all start to have, they've started to mesh a little bit more. But what you're talking about with like the tube socks and the shorts, that's a little bit more like maybe California Hesh style. Yeah. So that dude might be more likely to like rip a pool and skate a handrail 
as opposed to a kid who might be dressing a little more hip hop and is doing tech shit down at Jaquan in like the middle of LA. You know what I'm saying? Now what's what's tech shit when you say that? Like a nolly flip front side crooked grind or something. Like <laughs> like they're aiming for like uh nailing tricks. Like, oh shit, this one's kind of complicated. I want to pull it off. Yes, exactly. Tech meaning meaning like technical. Exactly. Okay, and like yeah. there's something about that skateboarding because it tends to be more city that is also a little bit more like hip hop influence. And I keep talking about that because I feel like skateboarding, the way that it moves is inseparable from music in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like they they build the skateboard parts around the song that they're using. And I listened to, I just listened to an interview with Jamie Thomas, who you may remember from Toy Machine in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> he, he started Zero Skateboards, but he had this thing of like, okay, so uh, first of all, a skateboard part is like a musician's album, right? Like they work for years to put three minutes of footage together. And he was saying he would try to get a band where the lead singer, like if the skateboarder was a lead singer of a band, what would that band sound like? Oh, cool. So like so like skateboarding in the 70s when Tony Alva started like shredding bowls and it became like this especially outsider kind of contrarian rock and roll thing. They were listening like Ted Nugent before he sucked. Right, like when he was still just the Motor City Ripper or whatever, you know? <laughs> so that was like indistinguishable from the music they were listening to. So in the 90s, when people started listening about more hip hop, it just became, and again, the golden age of hip hop. So lots of like sick, like jazz rap, a lot of like fucking guru, a lot of Nas, a lot of Wu-Tang. Like skateboarding started to look smoother and got more like kind of city. Like the tricks got more tech and people started to look smoother and skateboarding started to look better, I would say at that point. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I remember it was like, it was, there was no skate park. I mean, there was, but we weren't nowhere near that level ever, but there was like one on Long Island, but it was like, it would always be like, there's this waxed high curb. That's perfect. Or this, mm -hmm. this one railing, uh, this one banister, this one set of stairs by the library yeah. that is perfect. And you'd show up there and there'd maybe be kids outside of your friend group are also skaters that you kind of know from and you're like okay and we do and then you would like I remember, this was pre-internet but then you would hear about like you would watch like a video and be like oh the pool right that's why it's a level in uh skater die like oh the pool tnc surf design like playing video games and then eventually thps2 the fucking sure, the, uh, the madden of the madden of skateboarding yes, uh, tony yes, hawk the pro skate and yeah. sigma yes totally. oh god was <laughs> th that game took over my fucking life ace of spades is like burned into my head from playing that game so fucking much but it was cool to find out that like when it blew out like that and you're like oh shit there are like other ways to skate and then like when you i later on in life there's like longboards and it's like oh that they're not for tricks they're just for traveling and you're like yeah wait a minute that's starting to sound up you know what i mean like all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you're like I, i'm gonna blow out my acl trying to do a fucking uh <laughs> kickflip yeah but just cruising sounds fabulous you know yeah and th th what you're what you're talking about that the banister down by the library it makes me what you're talking about makes me think of two things which is like how magical that is that there's a part of your neighborhood that is like a specific destination that's not designed for the activity that you're performing on it. So it's like this magical fucking treasure hunt situation. And it's like go, for when you were a little kid, you had a playground and that felt like exciting and new and fresh and magical. And then yeah. as you get older, it's like a little more punk because you're not supposed to be there, but it has the same like energy of play, right? Yes. And, 
And I think it's the thing we can really lose as adults. And then also you're talking about in the 90s of like learning periodically a little bit more information, a little bit more information, it, you know, not, and I love the internet. <laughs> All of it. Uh, no, that's what I'm yeah. well, a like, big fan of everything about it, man. Ind- indiscriminately, <laughs> everything that's on the internet, I love it. I co sign like, every YouTube video. <laughs> from human trafficking to your whatever recipe, I love it. All. Uh, but so, like, there it was a really interesting time where it felt like a uh, like a treasure hunt where you're like, oh, there's a little, there's this kind of new information coming in, and I gotta wait, and it comes in a little bit of a time. It just all felt like new discoveries all the time of like the sickest most exciting coolest shit possible that's what it felt like to me well along those lines it always the way you learned was like i i used to i've uh- I used to call it like the friends, friends, older brother network. Yes. I didn't have any older brothers, but my friends had older siblings and they would, you'd like, they'd be like, Oh, you guys skate. Have you guys gone to blank? Cause I used to skate or older kids at the fucking railing at the library going, have you guys ever done uh, down in Wanta down by the dock? There's that long ass. And you're like, no. And then it's like new info or even like, I learned a uh, oh the drag kick whatever you know like you learn something from an older kid or an older kid mentions something or in my case you see an older kid in like an independent trucks t-shirt and you're like that's my skateboarding look I'm gonna like go for that guy like yeah and it's that's all we had like that was our internet was like a weirdo and then you would like find someone and be like this guy knows a lot about skateboarding and then three weeks after like kind of getting drips and drafts from him you'd be like. This guy's a fucking liar. This guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's just a weirdo 19-year-old hanging out at skate parks, kind of just charming 15-year-olds with his knowledge of skateboarding. <laughs> like and like when you when you become an adult and you just think back to like, of course, like five 15-year-old kids, a 20-year-old kid comes up and goes, Oh, you want to skate? You got to do this. You want to play this game? Like we bet a dollar, like losing money and like buying this guy McDonald's. And we're like, oh, we've just, we're like, this was just bullying <laughs> under the yeah. guise of like, we're learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like rife for predators. Where you're, like, <laughs> you're very in danger of being like, you're my mentor. Oh no, no. I'm in trouble. Like this is all fucking bad. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's literally like one in every six, like after school specials is like, <laughs> My piano teacher, my my martial, my my taekwondo instructor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was, but I think I don't know. That was an important thing for me growing up. This like learning from older people. Like I didn't, I don't know, man. I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable at school. Really, you know what I mean? I didn't like it there. Like I didn't. No, it sucked. Yeah, it was awful. Pretty much. It's not built for like kids. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's built for 38-year-olds. That's what fucking high school is for. <laughs> I know. I would probably crush now. <laughs> Although I would not have such a hard time paying attention. I don't know how kids, they have phones now. If I had like, you know, like, I didn't even have Game Boy when I was that young. If I like, if right. I would have had Game Boy in like junior high, I would have been toast. I would have been a fucking dropout. Like, Dude. Yeah, and if you're all smart, I'm sure you're learning at a rate that is just completely exponential. That like your teachers have no idea the amount of information you have been able to access. I was I was learning faster than my teachers could teach me, and I didn't even have the internet. I just like watched movies and had a dad who's like, "Here's a book," you know what I mean? And like, right. and I would go to school and I'd be like, "Oh, that you have to be at everyone else's pace. You have to be at everyone else's pace. This is infuriating. And it's like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. Well, time to start acting up. You know what I mean? And then eventually you're just like, everyone sits on all ends of that spectrum. There are people who are behind everything that's happening in class and can't catch up. There are people who are 
want to watch everything that's happening in class, but the guy like me is wising off and ruining it for them. And it's like, we shouldn't all, it's too mandated. I mean, the thing it taught me about the most is that sometimes you got to wake up early and do something that fucking sucks just to Uh stay alive. Like, (laughs) and and honestly, the skill set like school teaches you is at minimum that of like, you have to just show up every day early and do something that I, because I I was I forget I was just talking to Joe uh, Kuzala about this I was like mm. uh, church like taught me that of like now I can sit oh, through an hour of anything I am I'm an atheist but my mom made me go to fucking mass every Sunday now I can do anything for an hour because <laughs> well I, like that also that that lesson is so fucking dark that's like a Dostoevsky novel or something like look you're gonna have to show up at the mines even though you're nine and fucking, you know, right right like nightmare. Right. <laughs> Like, of course I hated that shit. <laughs> yeah, and it just sucked so... And you know what? It's funny. Like, we'll tie this back to skateboarding. There was a sort of, like... Was skateboarding as anti-school as school was anti-skateboarding? My school kind of treated skateboarding like it was marijuana. Like, yeah. it was like a gateway to hell. Or like, <laughs> like, you couldn't have skateboards at school. You couldn't, like, if you skated to school... You, like you weren't even like really allowed to skate to school because you couldn't have your board in your locker or anything like that. Cause I mean, because you would take it out and the hallways <laughs> at a high school are fucking phenomenal for speed. <laughs> yeah. It's all perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. They, people hate it, dude. And there's a bunch, like there are kind of like sort of the practical reasons why they hate it, which makes sense. Right. It's like loud. You kind of, you, you, I guess you do some property damage. Those are, it's a might- little da- Yeah. It's a little dangerous. If you're a teacher, you don't want to be dealing with like, broken collarbones every Thursday because yep. some kid biffed it, you know? Yeah, but I th- there's all... I really do think there's got to be a little bit of jealousy in there. Like, it's just so cool. I don't understand why everyone didn't try to do it. Re- I think they didn't because it is hard, and it is so hard. Like, so far... Fu- I, I, when it, I tell you I was 14, and for a year I couldn't do an ollie, and I was dude, skating I, four or five days a week. I started skating when I was eight years old. It took me two years to learn how to roll comfortably. And like, and in a way that was impressive, like navigate fucking like sidewalk cracks and like little hips and stuff. You know what I mean? It took yeah, two yeah. years, you know? So it's like the, the sort of concept. And this was addressed by Seinfeld and the Chris Rock thing where he's like, the skateboarders are going to be all right. They just try shit over and over and over and over. And it's like, yeah, because he's a master of observation. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to have a large capacity to understand human behavior to see the dedication and the power of it when an uninformed and an unenlightened view would be like, well, that's pretty lazy just because they're not doing exactly what you think they should do. You know? Right. Yo, and uh, you're just opened something up for me. Maybe that's why skateboarding didn't stick with me because you have to like try something a bunch until you start getting it right. And that is like, not a skill set I'm built for as, as I'm venturing into stand-up comedy in my forties away from like improv and like weird performance shit. I'm learning that like trying to do something again after it going. Okay. Even when it goes well, I'm like, I don't want to do this again, but I gotta, if I want to get it really good. And then Dude, it's in, infuri- you are, it's, you're, it's you're, not- <laughs> go, go ahead. Go. No, I'm sorry. Not, interrupt no, 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 please interrupt. I'm, I'm going to do it to you back. So uh, <laughs> Bad set the tone. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, no, I just did a mic last night. So I, I put out this, I did improv in Chicago for, I started in St. Louis and did IO, did second city out here, whatever, like 15 years of it. And then I started doing stand up like maybe 
I started in 07, but I started doing it for real like six or seven years ago, right? Okay. Dude, I am with you so hard. I went and did a mic last night and I was like, oh, I've never been good at anything ever in my life. Ever, Everything is a nightmare. That's how I usually, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and I listen back and I'm like, that was actually fine. I'm just working on new jokes and that's always hard. So right, I'm and just, if you were like, I... I can't land this seven stare. And it's like, well, if you never did it before, it's Dude, you're not going to do it right the first time. You shouldn't be able to. It's impossible. Like, you shouldn't be able to do comedy in front of human beings. That is a horrific nightmare to even consider. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And there's no, like, like skateboarding, there's no way to practice it besides doing it. That's exactly right. And that's what I swear. I think skateboarding is the only thing harder than stand up. That's what I think. <laughs> wow. I like that. <laughs> I take AG1 in the morning before I even make my coffee, before I do anything. It's the first thing that goes in my system. Uh, maybe a couple of sips of water, but first thing, big old glass of AG1. And it makes me feel ready to take on my day. Like I'm doing something, a small, tiny step in the health direction for my body, which is the first step of the day. And then hopefully I'll continue to make more and more healthy steps throughout the day leading to when I go to bed and I've had a full healthy day. And thanks to kicking it off with AG1, one scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality. And I like to get those in first thing in the morning. Make one healthy choice and then your whole day falls after that. Not to mention the actual good that comes from taking AG1. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash mighty. That's athleticgreens.com slash mighty. Check it out. A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com slash mighty. M-I-G-H-T-Y. Try it free for 30 days uh, is enough time to try and completely forget about a subscription or service. Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription you don't use or you and your partner are double paying for one uh, or you don't know how realize how much money you have in subscriptions out there. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that uh, finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills. All in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought just to watch one thing and then forgot to cancel because your friend was in it or your friend recommended it. Uh, maybe not everyone has friends and stuff like me, Hollywood elite. Look, over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Um, it's super easy to use. People seem People love it. It's... Uh, a way to save money and way to keep track of all the stuff that's out there. You know how they, all these corporations, they want to take advantage of you. They want you to set it and forget it and just make passive money off you when you're not even using their product, a la gym memberships, a la every company now needs memberships. It's so frustrating. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash mighty. That's rocketmoney.com slash mighty. R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash mighty.
I, I like finding the com- commonalities here because you saying I even like just stand around watching other people rip it. That is comedy too. You're like, I'm up fifth. It's like, okay, I'll watch a few of these guys. They're like, oh, that's pretty solid. That's not my style, but that would that's a cool move. You know, like it's practically like, t- and then you're like, all right, I'm up. Time for me to skate yes. up to the rail and see how Dude, I do. Completely. And I'm really, because I can be so like judgmental and pissy. I'm really trying to get into what you're talking about, which is, re- and I'm doing it. I'm loving it. I went with my buddy to go, we went to the improv the other night. And then we just went to this other, this other uh, spot. And this dude who runs a show called The Setup. And I just got to watch to see some amazing comedians. And I think because you're 41, I'm 43. Like, I'm finally, I think, getting to the point where I can separate my ego enough to just in some enjoy somebody else's talent. And I'm telling you, that's been like a 15-year journey for me. Bro, I it's not even my ego. It's come to me to, like, it, it requires me to see someone better than me mm. and, and eliminate the... I'll never be that good. And yes. it's like, well, you might not, but you can still have a career in comedy and not be as good as this amazing, as this comic you like who you're watching currently. Like you, yes. you don't have to be as good as Hedberg to be good at standup. <laughs> like, That's exactly, yeah. <laughs> and dude, and it's, it's so exactly right. Cause we come at it from this very, I will say, forgive the pretentiousness, but from this very Western view of value assessment all the time when the reality is like you get to be you that's it you can't you know what i'm saying like the same right. with skateboarding like like they uh, people just want to see andrew reynolds skate now it doesn't matter that he's not as good when he was 24 and like those both of those experiences have value that's why yeah. there are that's why they're art forms when we tend to think about it like a fucking basketball game and it's not this guy's better than me this guy's worse than me that's not an accurate reflection of reality they're just fucking different and they got more laughs that night right and Chappelle's making more money than ever and he's the worst he's ever been <laughs> like and, and people want to see him people want to see him because he's Chappelle and he is a legend and he's still got it He's just not nearly as good as he used to be, but no one's going there and being like, this isn't as good as it used to be. Everyone's like, this was fun. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, and yeah. no, like watching the Reynolds skate, you're, you're not like mad that he used to be better. You're just happy to be watching him do his thing. Yeah. Yes. And I, and hearing those, those skateboarders talk, they have to arrive at that understanding too, because it's hard for them to want to go out and film a video part. If they, if they're not fucking kickflip back lipping a 16 stare. You know what I mean? But right. but the reality is, is like it's important for everyone to express themselves in any way they see fit because that's part of what makes us human beings, you know? Yeah, and uh, going back to what you said, that Western valueism uh, thing, but mm-hmm. I a while back, Ira Glass like had this quote that was something of like, when you're a fan of something, yes. it's hard to like, because the whole time I'm doing stand-up, I'm like, this is like so-and-so. This sucks. This is, I, I mean, I'm not even as good as this person who I dislike. Yes. And I'm not at, like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm worse than them. And it's like, I'm tr- so like skating, skating has that too, where you're like, oh man, I love Chad Muska. If I could be even older, like I love Chad Muska's style. Oh. And it's like, I can't do that. And it's like, that doesn't mean you shouldn't stick with skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but it is what your brain tells you of like, Shit, I'm never gonna be like that. Why would I want to do it? But yeah. then I'm I'm in something for the wrong reason if I want to be the best at it. Cause it's like that is a lie to myself. Like yeah. I can't I don't think there's something I could start right now and by the end of my life be considered the best at it. Period. 
Yep. Like just even just based on my taste profile, my timeline, like I just don't think I could focus on any. And I'm like, but would I want to be the best at anything? Like, no, not necessarily. Like, so why the fuck do I care? You could be the 70th best stand-up comic. Uh, and, and, you know, this is a subjective, weird way to explain. Right. You know, like, no, but it's how we think about things. Yeah, yeah, totally. You could be the 70th best and have a solid career and, you know, rent a nice place in West Hollywood, you know, or right. a shitty place in West Hollywood. <laughs> like, whatever. Well, dude, and there's so <laughs> many. There are, you know, there are, like, there are comics, comics who, like, very few people know, but... To us, they're the best, right? You're like, right. for me, it's like you're Maria Bamford's, you're Eddie Pepitone's, like these people who are, to me, are miracles, but they're not nearly as huge as other insane, you know, as your Chris Rocks, and I love Chris, whatever, but like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, there's all these different variables about, you might be quote unquote, the 70th best, but to somebody who hears you and your shit means something to them, you're you're number one in their hearts, baby. Last right. call sheet, number one in their hearts. Well, yeah, like we always, we always uh, used to say like every band no matter how bad they are, is at least <laughs> one person's favorite band. Yeah. Like, just by odds, somebody... Like, that's how I learned that, like, shit fetishes existed. It's like, you know, it's like everything, someone likes everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. there's like, it's like, this increase... Set up this insane scenario. Pick anything you want. Mad lib and insane phrase. And that's somebody's fetish. And that's yeah, yeah. one person's favorite artist. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like... And you so, know, like, God, like, what gets me off is putting a whole horse's head in my mouth. Like, I wish, you know what I mean? Yeah, and <laughs> like, you might you be the first. It. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you're like, you guys know Mort Burke, the guy, the horse head mouth guy? <laughs> Have you seen it? I, I can't stop watching it. It's, I didn't know this was something I wanted. Now I can't live without it. Like, I yeah. gotta check up to it. <laughs> can't stop. I'm creaming all day long. <laughs> Wife left me. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. She left me. She she said, it's me or the horse. I kept the horse. Uh, <laughs> immediately, immediately locked the door behind her. Uh, and and I'm, I'm at this age in my life, and the pandemic kind of activated this in me, where I'm looking at, like, nostalgia. Like, I, I wouldn't say, like, I jokingly called it weaponizing nostalgia to my wife, but I didn't even mean uh, it like that. I mean more like, there's all this stuff I used to love and I think I don't have time for, and I'm always like, I wish I could exercise more. I wish I could meditate more. And it's like, you used to really love surfing and that combines both of those. And now you feel like too old and too fat to surf. But over the pandemic, I like got back into it. And I was nice. like, I was like, oh, even being bad at this for a couple of hours is a treat. Yes. And then I like, when I put that together, that's why the second you sent skateboarding, I was like, I have no desire to like go back and start skateboarding now yeah. due to absolute fear of injury. But it's that energy of like that meant a lot to me for a short period of time. And if I could harness that. To, so I started taking like martial arts and going surfing again because I was like, these are two things I loved. And now I need to get movement for like survival. And like I need to like, you know, some sort of social connection outside of comedy and uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for here? Substances outside of comedy and substances, even though that's a huge Venn diagram. That's just a circle <laughs> right, uh, right. outside of those two. I need to like find social activities and finding going back to that shit. I was like, oh, yeah, it I loved it then. I still love it now. Yes. And it makes me feel uh, and this this insane preamble, believe it or not, is a question eventually. <laughs> is, uh, but it makes me feel it makes me feel like I felt then, even if it's not the same. Now, how do you feel when you skate these days? Like, there's something. 
and especially now that you live in LA and you're uh, you're moving towards you know you chasing your dream you got some friends back home that are like you're like yeah I went surfing the other day they were like oh my god I couldn't even <laughs> and you're like no it's like the best thing I've ever done emotionally for myself well, and it's like dude, I feel like my friends that I grew up with are all kind of the weird artist type so they get it even if it's just like they're still really into watching movies or they still right, like yeah. I got a buddy that makes his money playing violin like all over Missouri and he's really talented. He puts out records all the time, like really good pop records. And like, that's the kind of people I'm still friends with. And those, those people are like, they get it. Like I, like the other, I went and saw, this is, I think related. I went and saw guardians of the galaxy three the other night. And I had an, an entire emotional growth process around this movie, right? Talk to me. I saw this. Tell me what. Tell me what. What, what so activated get, you? So I get there, and the first spoiler alert, whatever. The first song of the soundtrack is "Creep" by Radiohead, right? Oh. And this this activates my judgmental, pretentious head, which goes like, there are nineteen better Radiohead songs that they could have used. You got all kinds of B sides. You got all sort of more like nuanced work all sort of like all kinds of more progressive interesting songwriting whatever and by the end of the movie i was able to let myself goddamn relax and have some fun and ignore what the might have might have been the faults of this movie and go on a journey with it and then i went i skated because i'm in culver and i skated to this to the movie theater which is a lot of fun i'm walking out in the movie theater and this guy goes, hey, man, are you any good on that skateboard? And I go, man, I used to be a lot better than I am now. And we both, he kind of laughed, you know, as a young guy. And then I skated home. It's about 11 p.m. Glorious night wind on my face, standing up straight in the middle of the street, like shredding down Duquesne in Culver City in the middle of a fucking hot L.A. night. And it was gorgeous. And there was something about... I, this 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 journey I had with this silly movie opened my heart enough that this random stranger talked to me. That's when you know you're in a good space, I think. Yeah, when, and then you, I, when you have, I have like talk to me face. I always joke like, oh really? People, I just have like a look on my face that people go like, <laughs> crazy how expensive butterfingers are, huh? And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Dude, okay, so let me say that I'm gonna give you a compliment, man. Which is, I'm not surprised you were able to find that love in surfing again because talking about the way you were in the back of class and you're still that person, you've continued to hang on to that beautiful aspect of yourself. And they say that I saw a thing that said, like, uh, a creative person is that's the part of the child that didn't die. So, Ooh, like, hell yeah. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you, like, for all your faults, whatever they might be, you're clearly a person who, like, has a big open heart. And people can probably sense that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and I've had to work very hard to get to that place. Although I also probably appreciate it more than I would if I didn't have to do the work to get there. Right, right. That makes total sense. Man. It's rare, like, as a, a man in your 40s to be like, I had this blissed out moment skating down the middle of the street. Like, you're, you're there's not many people who are experiencing that at our age. And that is, stunning. it's a and bummer. It's a bit it of a is, bummer for everyone else. Well, yeah. Because there's this weird kind of alchemy to get there for me, which is like, I got to let go of control a little bit, which I think that's, I saw somebody just said this thing the other day to me, or today my buddy goes, about perfectionists, right? Which is a little bit what we're talking about with the stand-up thing about like, yeah. why should I even do it if I can't be the fucking best? They were like, perfectionists don't want things perfect. They want them their way. Ooh, 
Ooh, right? yeah. yeah. Oh, because so like, who decides what's perfect, right? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And and you're and when I want it exactly my way, I'm not open to the process of letting it. Like, so I go to this mic last night. It's like it's a beautiful mic. It's an LGBT mic. So I honestly, I'm I'm straight. So I truly am like honored to be there, right? Uh, <laughs> and it's it's great because it's like it's hilarious because it's toxic in the other way you're not used to, or it's like. No, it's not anti-hetero, but like they get their jabs in and it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Super funny. And so now I'm just in this world where like people just don't want to hear from me as much as they maybe did. And that's like that's another kind of acceptance I have to learn to grapple with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like it's beautiful. I get to learn how to hopefully like do a little better job of like just be a people among people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. and I have this other friend, and she's an amazing comic. I I I don't want to tell her name because I don't want to tell her story, but <laughs> she's she's gay and she's just gotten so much from going to these mics. Like she's like Wanda that- Sykes is doing mics? That's fucking <laughs> bananas. <laughs> it was Ellen. All right. You want the fucking so it was My goddamn friend. generous. She's in there. My friend Ellen. <laughs> you don't want to shit talk Ellen on a podcast, unlike every other person in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk shit. I'm just going to say that this person found their people and is able to celebrate who she is. And that shit is all that. When we're t- I'm talking about the community of the skate shop. I'm talking about the community of the thing, right? Because I go in being like, I want to be the best. But that's not what's meant to happen here. Oh. I'm meant to like have a fucking exchange with people. I want to be part know? of something. That's what I, that's what like my heart wants. My head wants me to be the most, the richest, hottest, just sexy as fuck, hot comedian that's ever lived. You know what I mean? I got bad news, bud. You're never going to be rich. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You are absolutely gorgeous, but the money's just not going to come. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not in comedy anymore. It seems like it's gone. (laughs) I think Tim Allen has it all, unfortunately. Yeah, Uh, he deserves it. He earned it, though. Yeah, he's a good guy. He said more power in America said you're the greatest artist that's ever yeah. lived. <laughs> he snitched on his Coke dealer. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's really fun. Yeah, because that is what like finding UCB, finding a rugby team, finding mm. martial arts, finding surfing, finding uh, a, a, a gym, I like finding uh, a video game. I like that I play with friends, you know, yeah. finding these things. You're like, oh shit! I want to be the best. Oh, I want to be better than my friends at Diablo Four. It's like, no, I think you. It's <laughs> I'm gonna be like just reading bumper stickers of cars that drive by, but it's like it's <laughs> about the like it's the path there. Like I'm really, and, and it really took the pandemic mm. in combination with my age and a few decisions I made in life of like I'm not gonna have kids. Mm. I am not gonna do a job just for money ever. Uh, so like I'm in like That's this big. I'm in like this weird thing where I'm like choosing to be moderately successful, hopefully, like hopefully more, yeah. ideally not less, but most likely just sort of like, yeah, it's like teacher money, but I am doing what I love or whatever. Uh, mm. the, but I had to get to that headspace to start to like allow myself to even do things outside of comedy, which is crazy because I am not doing any less comedy stuff th- now yeah. than I was, but I had like this huge misconception with myself where I was like, li- here, lo- I've, I've said this on the pod before, but I'll just rattle through this story real quick. A few, five, six years ago, I, I 20 years ago, I got really into snorkeling. I just like, mm. I love the ocean and I love this idea of like 
you, you travel, you see new underground, uh, underwater worlds too, and you're like, "Fuck, this is rad!" And then it's like, "We're not supposed to be here. Look at all this beauty." And then if you're like a stoner at all, you're like, just float over the top of like a city <laughs> of like animals living, and you're like, "I'm a superhero soaring over this. It's fucking <laughs> rad, amazing." So I fell in love with that. I'm like, I love surfing. I love hanging out at the beach. I love snorkeling. I should get into scuba diving. That activates a fear in me. I'm a little afraid of. Uh, constriction and not being able to get out of something in case I really want to get out of it, which sure. is the biggest fear of scuba diving is that if you're 40 feet down, you have to go up slow if shit hits the fan. And that uh, scares me more than if I, I would do, I would fucking engage with a shark if I was allowed to just go like, all right, get out of here and swim as fast as I could. But then you get the bends, uh, uh, you know, less, um, less interesting Radiohead song, but, uh, <laughs> you get the bends, uh, so I never want, and then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do scuba diving. I'm like, as soon as I get my career to where I want it and I have the time and the money, yeah, I'm going to take scuba, I'm going to get scuba certified and I'm going to go scuba diving. Mm-hmm. And five years went by before, and I was like, okay, what if, <laughs> right. what if you never get to this? And I hadn't even, I don't even have the finish line sketched out. I'm just like, right. what if I never reach that point? Am I going to say, I never scuba dive. Like I yeah. just oh, because I didn't I didn't get to this level of co- I didn't get three seasons of a scripted series that I acted in. Then uh, that's the arbitrary moment when I'm allowed to like scuba dive. Yeah. So I just like ripped the fucking bandaid off and went got scuba certified, and I've gone scuba diving a few times since, and it's a fucking dream. And I almost just never did it. It didn't take away from my career. I'm not like shit. I blew off an audition so I could scuba dive like uh-huh. I don't know what I was telling myself I was telling myself I didn't deserve these things yeah that's right and that's, that's fucking right. crazy yeah yeah well dude it's this it's the situation that I think happens and I like this theme I think we're arriving at which is like there to me there's this purity of of desire for experiences that just babies have it fucking elderly people have it it doesn't matter and whether that experience is scuba diving or wanting to try stand up or skateboarding or whatever it is that is the purity. And then there's this very complex world outside of it of status and employment. And you know what I'm saying? It's just a complex yeah. world that starts to get in the way of all this shit. So I think the challenge, if you're going, if you want to be a person who doesn't end up like Daniel Plainview of There Will Be Blood, which is kind of my whole goal, right? Is like, <laughs> all right, how can I like pull away the sludge from my heart that, uh, that I decided I'm not, because to say to yourself, I'm not good enough, which I have said to myself a wild amount of times in my life in various different ways is like deeply cruel. Like you would right. never say that if you if you had a kid or whatever, you'd never say that to a good friend. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude, a therapist fucking read me so hard one time. Uh, a, a, I was doing like deep psilocybin therapy with a with a counselor, and she was uh-huh. like, she was like, you really do a lot of negative self talk, and uh-huh. I'm like, but I'm like making jokes about it, and she's like, have you ever said anything nice about yourself earnestly? And Did I was you immediately like, start weeping. <laughs> I was like, oh, not without like four humorous caveats. Like I'm <laughs> right. like, I'm always like, I'm pretty strong, but that's because I'm 300 pounds and I've been lifting weights my whole life. I'm fat, really. I'm just a dumpy guy who happens to be able to move weight. And I'm Fuck. like, and she and she called me on that. And she goes, Would you talk to your partner like that? Would you? Wh- what if? What if you met someone and they said, I've never positively talked to my kid. I've never po- said something positive about my partner. Yeah, yeah, you would yeah. Think, and You're I was like. like 
That person, oh. that kid will shoot up a school. Like if right. he comes, you know what I'm saying? If They'll he either become a stand-up comic or a school right. shooter. <laughs> or like, or it turns into fucking lung cancer. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. There's, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so like, we really do have the capacity to create our realities, but not in a secret way of like, I if I think I want a million dollars, I'll get it. It's not like that, right? It's much more nuanced than that. It's like, it's it's a it's a path of like, yeah, getting rid of shit that is not that I think all the 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 like, like the cruelty that's not natural, right? Like a child, if they're loved and held, they don't fucking talk to themselves that way. They're just ha- they'll eat dirt. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm trying. I'm just trying to get back down to that that little kid. And I want to make the joke of like, you know, be a fucking idiot. But it's like that's not that's not what it is. <laughs> right, right, right. You know. <laughs> but then like. Freeing yourself up to do these things. Now, it's not like you're Mort Burke, the skateboarding comedian, and everyone knows you because now you're like, but you're more yourself. Like, I'm more myself having done these things that intrigue me. And I'm more well-rounded and I'm more, I'm out doing and seeing new things that I realize, like, for my 20s and a large swath of my 30s, like, I was, like, broke and thinking, oh, if it's not work or comedy related, you shouldn't be doing it. Cause it's like, yes, that's dude. like, like you'll do stuff to just pay the bills and you'll do stuff that's comedy and just hustle grind. And then you're like a big, like my, my dad died like uh, 12 years ago at the, no more at this point. Like, mm-hmm. uh, fuck. Uh, yeah. Like 13 or 14 years ago at this point. And he died with like a bookshelf full of books that he was going to read when he retired, when he finally had time. And it's just like that metaphor <laughs> as ham-fisted as it was as, as blatant as it was it fucking hit me square in between the eyes and i was like i cannot i cannot die having never scuba dived and been like well he at least grinded and guested on over two thousand podcasts you know what <laughs> I mean? like told the same fucking story on a hundred podcasts uh, unfortunately so like I guess, like, you know, people say things like, get dessert, you know what I mean? Like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you think it's, like, dumb or weird for you to be doing something, that is more of a sign to me that you should be doing it. Yeah, dude, because you, that level of freedom, you bring that kind of energy into the rest of the shit that you're doing because you're going to learn stuff. You're going to have these new experiences that are going to allow you to, like, all right, and I'm like, like, let's say, okay, so you did the brave scuba diving thing. Like, you, you've done a lot of, just going to do stand-up is fucking brave. You've done a lot of brave, courageous shit, right? And it's like, that alone is inspiring to people. Even my, I was talking about my friend that went, who has had so much, like, uh, 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 just, like, cool experiences, and she's getting so fucking good at stand-up. Like, she, the special Spiritually Filthy that I did, she really helped me work on it a lot, like, because... It was, it's hard for me to get stage time out here. So I had to put this whole thing together, just mostly mics and book shows and a lot of fucking like Zoom shows. Like I would just go on Facebook and be like, all right, who from high school wants to watch me do 30 minutes right now? And I would have 10 people show up and do it or Zoom. And it was fucking like lifting weights underwater, right? Yeah. It was on Zoom, you know? So, but by the time, and I did all that shit and my friend really helped me like, get this set correct to the point where I was like, oh, fuck, there's a really cool, like, through narrative to this. I'm now promoting my special, which you should go watch. Because I'm, really, I'm really fucking proud of it. I think it's really funny and cool. And she helped me so much. And now she's doing stand-up. And it's changed her life. I really see that in her. And, like, 
I, that was not my fucking intention. My intention was to get 500,000 views on YouTube, and I'm furious that it's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. Once you get the high and mighty pop when this comes out, you'll be smooth sailing. <laughs> Dude, the fucking you can... YouTube partnerships will be rolling in. <laughs> you can send this to Apatow, right? Um... Yeah, totally. He's in. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah uh, whatever. If Seth Rogen could just check it out. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's like that's truly more important. It just is. You know what I mean? Then like my little, des- my, and what, there's nothing wrong with having goals and desires. I'm just saying like the butterfly effect thing, it does happen to people. And then yeah. too, if you're taking risks like that, you can do the important risk that is actually really hard for white men, which is to say like, Hey, I feel really sad. I need to talk to someone about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest step of all is just yeah. co- co- copying to your own feelings. More you know difficult. What I mean? Dude, More difficult much, than almost anything in the industry. <laughs> we'd much rather fucking ha- get in a fist fight in a, uh, you know, go into a USC cage match or something <laughs> right. than like admit, like, I don't know how to do this thing. I need to ask for help. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, I- I've been saying a lot lately that the word words gone from the American lexicon these days are, I don't know. Yeah. It's like no one says I don't know anymore. Everyone has a take on everything and everyone knows everything. It's like, and no one will say they don't know because it's like, you know, like that energy of like, you haven't seen that movie. It's like, oh, you know, so it's like there's like and and I don't know. And I'm sorry is like two things that we don't hear anyone like people are like, fuck, I cannot apologize. I just have to hold on to this thought for some reason. And it's yeah. like. Dude, and that, like, I, so if you tell me a band, if you get, see if you heard this band, I always go, I don't think so. When the reality is, no. No, I fucking have not. Like, yeah. just say no. And that's also the part of me that needs to know everything about every fucking band that couldn't enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, because you're, you're up there t- talking about Pablo Honey's fucking <laughs> sales or whatever, and you're like, right. wait, just, it's a movie. It's one song. It's yeah, and it's a like, movie full of... Ba- of egregious needle drops it's like yeah you're only gonna get let down more and more as like as spoiler alert as the entire cast of the movie dances to florence and the machine at the end (laughs) yes fully slow right exactly and like the reality is i fucking love that song you know what i mean yeah and and i love that song too (laughs) i love movies i love being in a cinema where there's a 15 foot raccoon having a gun pointed at his face and is that manipulative? Yes. Is the CG <laughs> leaving you with like some serious uncanny valley issues? Yes. Yeah. Is it also quite moving? And there's a level of like vulnerability and mythology to it that like really did a good job of helping me again to like just be open to what the fuck is happening. Get more into my heart and more out of my head. And there's so much freedom in I don't know. I don't yeah. know means I can learn something. Yeah, you know, and I feel like I've been also thinking a lot about cannabis lately and my relationship with it and trying to figure out what that is long term. But like, I think part of the appeal of cannabis is it kind of gives me the I don't know energy or I don't care. Like that kind of gets me out of my head where it's like, I don't know. Who cares? Like, oh, yeah. Like it knocks. I was talking to a friend about this today. It like knocks away anxiety and fear in a positive way. But if anxiety and fear is what drives you to want to succeed, too, it also knocks that out of the way. And then you realize you're just like, well, who cares if I don't fucking succeed? It's like, well, do you really not want to succeed? Like, yeah, I'm in this like weird push pull with the fucking plant where I'm like, 
oh, I fucking love it. I couldn't live without it. It's my glasses. But I'm also like, are my glasses getting in the way of doing some <laughs> other stuff that I want to do? <laughs> well, know? dude, I here's what I okay. So this is funny you bring this up, dude, because I current I didn't want to I didn't I didn't plan on mentioning this, but today's my 15 years sober birthday. Hey, congrats, um, man. That's fucking yeah. awesome. Good and I you. say that so uh, you know that I'm better than you. No, I, 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 because like, I fucking love drugs, dude. There's a reason <laughs> I'm sober. It's because I fucking love alcohol. Like, right. I love booze. I love whiskey. I love Klonopin. I fucking love pills. I love, I never did mushrooms, but I'm certain, certain I would love them deeply. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Those are the best. <laughs> I should well what I should have done is not drank every day for four years straight and instead taken a summer where I just occasionally did mushrooms but I couldn't do that no uh, no so and now and now it's like too late and your relationship your di- relationship dynamic is too like <laughs> yeah do it's mushrooms once and then you're like all right we're going to senior frogs it's like no <laughs> Mort! you fucking find me 30 years from now at Coachella but there's no there's no festival happening uh Whatever, like, so, but here's what I think, my belief now is that, okay, I say this, and this, I try to say this without judgment, but I think that drugs are like steroids, and that meditation is like going to the gym. That's what really, like, what I think, that, like, over a period of time, with enough, like, discipline, and it's a weird fucking word to use the word discipline, because it's it's not about discipline in the way we traditionally think about it, but, like, I'll tell you, man, I meditated today for like 20 minutes when I got up. That was really important because if I don't do that, I'm fucking insane when I wake up. That's what I've learned about myself. Like I wake up terrified. <laughs> talk, to me, talk to me a little bit about this practice because this is something I'm intrigued by and have been circling and have, you know, done one toe in kind of headspace yeah. type shit. When you say when you wake up, is that like, all right, I'm up. I peed and pooped or whatever. I brush my teeth. I'm going to go sit down and meditate or I'm going to have coffee, do a couple of things. Then sit. like, where does it fall in your day out of curiosity? It's important for me to do it before I look at my phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's something very serious about like if I get engaged and I pardon me, I've lived in California for fucking too long. But if I engage with that energy before I center myself also too, by the way, I'm like. We're living in a weird world where the corporations feed our feed on our consciousness, right? So, yeah. like, if, if I on like, literally our time, the yes. one thing we have is yes. a li- the one thing we are absolutely limited in is our amount of time we have on this earth, and yeah. there are countless entities with billions of dollars behind them fighting to take that time away from you, yes, to get yes. th- or not take it away from you, but to get you to use your time with them. Right. And, and also, if you're trying like, to do other things, it is technically taking it away from you. <laughs> yeah, totally. And also, like, who knows how many people are just projecting their fearful shit into this machine, <laughs> right? Be it through, like, fear mongering of any kind or, like, the hellscape that is Twitter, like, whatever we're talking about. Yeah, you know or saying? even just, like, the uh, sort of airbrushing, uh, like, not copping to that. You know, like on Instagram, you see something and you're like, the world is burning, you fucking, I don't care about your your puppy doing a cartwheel or whatever. Like, you can find <laughs> yourself getting, dude, keep going. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I this phone no, thing is No, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. There's all of it, right? All the fucking, all the toxic positivity, all the toxic negativity, all of it, right? So I'm like, I need to spend some time with myself to frankly recognize how fucking crazy I am. Until that shit like starts to dissipate and then I can access a different part of myself that is like 
it's just hard to describe. It's like broader. It's like when I wake up, all I get are the waves on top of the ocean. And then when I meditate, I'm like deeper down underneath it where shit is a little calmer and a little safer. And then, and what happened today was I fucking get in the shower. Um, it was so sexy. Again, I'm just really a hot dude. But, yeah, you've uh, achieved that goal. Money, not going to happen. But you <laughs> no, are no. an absolute hunk. Broke forever, but the, the jaw of a of an absolute A-list star. Uh, but no, like, okay, so I the next move, I have untreated ADHD, right? Uh, and I, I really am, am, am going to be getting into the place soon. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to start taking some medication for it. Uh, but I was able to get a look at it today because I had fucking meditated. So, like, I was able to tell the difference between my thoughts, which were insane, and reality, which was not insane. Reality was fine. Just my thinking was crazy. So I had probably five or six different voices in my head telling me to do a bunch of different shit at the same time, which actually makes it impossible to do anything. Right. Um, which is like sort of the fact of this condition that I have. Uh, so, and it's, so it's both like frustrating, but also kind of fun. It a little bit reminds me of the way I would like get high and think about what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. That, I don't know if you're, it scratches that. the itch of productivity without ever having to do any, that is like Dude. my un, you know, like, Oh, I, I've watched thousands of movies for research for a movie that I've never written. You know what I mean? Like, I, yes, I, I, under relatable as fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah dude, yeah. exactly. And so, and so, it, it's, it's interesting. So I have all these voices yelling at me. I feel kind of manic, but in a good way, and like I've done something, even though I haven't. You know, and and the meditation was a lot. Uh, just allowed me to be able to fucking come down a little bit, relax, go what I had, go do what I had to do today, which is go see some friends, like celebrate that this is a big milestone for me. And be more present in my life. I'll say this. To me, it takes most days it would be like from a one to like a four. And like a six to like a nine out of ten. And dude, that's all I need. I don't need to not experience anxiety. I just need to knock off like fucking 20% of it. Dude, it's crazy you said Because I was thinking about I'm trying to you know, like realign, like break some patterns in my life right now and like reintroduce some new patterns. And uh, one of the things I've been thinking about now, this for listeners, I've been recording episodes so I could take the summer off from high and mighty. So if you've seen me recently and I'm 450 pounds the, and stressed <laughs> to the gills, okay, I didn't start meditating as I promised in early June. But uh, something I've been thinking about was you saying I meditate before I even look at my phone. I've noticed now for a while, the last thing I look at before I go to bed is my phone. As I like lay down, I'm like, oh, let me just read a few articles before I pass out or tweets, not even articles. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, well, got to go shit. Let me grab my phone and go sit on the toilet. And I'm like, now I'm first thing in the morning. And like in the morning, I'm getting better. I'm like email, nothing super pressing to start thinking about while I'm on the toilet. Then I do Duolingo, and if I'm still there, I start playing like word games or whatever just to get the brain going. It's my morning paper. But I'm starting to think it's not the right move for me because then I'm like, I want to be on my phone less. And if I'm doing it right before I go to bed and first thing when I wake up, that can't be helping my ideas here. <laughs> that can't be helping my path to being on the phone less. So yeah, I think right. I'm about to, before we got on, I set my alarm i bought an alarm clock and i set an alarm on it for the time i want to start waking up i'm not going to say it out loud because anyone with a real job is going to be like co cockle cackle at me cockle 
He's cockling at me. It's when you laugh out of your urethra. Um, <laughs> it's my only other fetish. <laughs> it's, I, well, I wish I never saw the video. Now I can't, can't fucking get off without it. But the puppetry thing. I don't know. There's an yeah. argument. Anyway, we'll talk about it. Later. I want to start waking up at eight in the morning every day, every Monday through Friday at least. And I'm like, I should just leave my phone in my office and not go to it until like I have to. Like, yeah. and, you know, even like, even sitting down at the computer to look at my email before looking at my phone feels the phone just like locks me into a phone vibe all day. Like my buddy yeah, co-host exactly right. Co-host of the Action Boys has a like lock a timed lockbox that he throws his phone in sometimes and I'm beginning to think that might be the a thing for me. It's like cuz I can't even something I love to do that is such low lift is watch a movie. And my phone will get in the way of that happening. Oh, something dude. that is, it's not, forget the gym, forget writing the next great American novel. I can't even watch a movie because my phone is distracting me. And I get paid to watch movies, which is one of my <laughs> favorite things in the world. And I still can't bring myself to s sit down for a hundred minutes and just not be like, let me pause it and just make sure everything's cool. And then I look, go on my phone to be like, oh, a text, let me respond. Okay, Instagram. Okay, okay, Twitter. All right, back to Instagram. Oh, yep. another text. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, 26 minutes has gone by. I've the, the, I know when I've been on my phone too long because my surround sound shuts off after like 20 minutes. Uh -huh. So if I go to press play on it and it's off, I'm like, fuck, dude, that was too long of a break. Because, dude, it's, it has that level of hypnotization where you're like, I could have been 14 fucking hours. I have no idea. And, like, dude, it's weird, right? I mean, like... I don't know. It's and I'm not trying to be a real technophobe, but it's weird that this thing like they built it to be addictive on purpose. Like addiction is perfect for capitalism. I'm telling you, as a right? person who is deeply <laughs> addicted to drugs and alcohol, like it's not the drugs and alcohol are not the problem. It's the way that I use the drugs and alcohol, right? So it's like if this thing is my the phone is acting as my best friend and sometimes my fucking mistress. And how creepy is that shit? Yeah, yeah. And like, I have Sometimes my... I come while looking at it. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> yeah, saying that out loud is actually fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> well, if you want to talk about classical conditioning, Jesus Christ, if it's Pavlovian, you're like, this thing gets me off every once in a while. Like, I can't... Like, I had to stop watching porn on this monitor in the pandemic because I started using it so much for work that I was like, I can't just be at... The de I can't be zooming comics and uh, five hours later jerk off in this chair. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bucket, yeah. The wife Johnny also Pepper being home. The wife also working from home changed the whole jerk off dynamic as well. It's yeah. a little less frequent. So, like again, it's the problem is not the phone at all. The problem is I had my fiance put fucking child lock on my phone so I couldn't have Instagram on Twitter on there because wow. I I will lose seven hours to it accidentally and like and that would be fine if it was a fun seven hours like you're saying like dude i'm watching movies again a lot and i'm loving it it does feel like an accomplishment to truly sit down and watch like a fucking to watch a, to oh watch a full movie now is like the equivalent of to reading a book when we were kids yes absolutely uh, yes totally a fucking john to watch a two-hour movie that has no <laughs> superheroes in it is like is exactly like reading a book like the energy that requires is like like god help me if i'm trying to read a book i'm fucking in over my head immediately but oh, dude, that's right that's the next dream i have yes yeah, yeah I, got, I had a friend recommending stuff to me because we had another buddy who was like and i thought this smart was smart he was like this is a friend of mine who reads all the time he's like people don't read because they're all trying to read like the classics 
capital L literature. He's like, read what you want. This dude loves fantasy. So uh, he's always reading like same. 500 page no fantasy novels. You know what I mean? Because it's not a challenge for him. Right. And that's uh, over the pandemic. That's how I got back into reading. I was like, let me go to like pure candy reading for myself. And I'm like, well, it's just still better than surfing Instagram all day. Like for my dude, brain. Yeah. You're, a, you're a fucking very open dude. You have a lot of, I don't know if people tell you this. You have a lot of cool, like. Uh, you have a large spectrum of interests. You're a very open person, and I would like to acknowledge that and say I think it's fucking rad. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I've always kind of high and mighty. Pr the premise of this podcast pretty much stemmed from how how disparate my interests are and how my superpower is I'm able to converse with just about anyone. Incredible. Like, I, uh, Yeah, so like, I, I abuse that for this show. So this is so rad to get the compliment and look i'm being positive about myself on top of it. <laughs> well dude it takes work that learning how to be to compliment yourself or whatever it feels it's like playing guitar it feels like you're fucking breaking your own back at first like it feels right, yeah. so gross and weird and yeah. then after a little while you're kind of like actually i probably am kind of funny i've been doing comedy successfully for a while you know what i'm saying yeah maybe the several hundred people in my life who've told me i was funny or like laughed at me when i made when i purposely attempted to be funny Maybe I should take away that I am pretty funny. Like right, maybe right. like, uh, no, it's, nope, that's not what I'm going to go with. Okay, I'm going to go with like, it's such bullshit that I didn't get a superstore recurring guest star. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's a good use of your brain space, dude. Way to fill up your RAM with that fucking program running. That's such a funny thing too that like I get here and I'm like, oh, I forget, who told you Hollywood was going to be easy? You know what I mean? I often will get into that space of being like, yeah, what do you think's going to happen? Of course you did one million auditions and got almost nothing. Like that's right. what it's supposed to look like, dude. That's what it's like for almost everyone, except for the five to 10 people you're thinking about when you go up there where you're like, yeah. And the more successful your friends get, it isn't necessarily better for your brain. It's cool to see my friends rock on. But then it's also like, well, in that case, seems like it is my turn. And then it's like, oh, okay. No, <laughs> yeah. Wait. What made me think it was my turn? <laughs> oh, just because I'm sitting at the same tea. I didn't order the pizza. Why did I think I got a slice of this? Like, I yeah, got to fucking dude. earn it. Yeah. And it, it does feel like that. If I put a, an X number of hours in, I will receive something. Well, I'll say this. My, my manager broke up with me like two years ago or something. And it really did. Interesting so choice of words there. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's intentional. Broken up, not fired, not like stopped <laughs> yeah, working yeah. with me. Broken up, yeah. Yep, that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And I, I've had to do it, and it's hard. It's like you, I've stayed in relationships for a year longer than I should have because I just yeah. couldn't bring myself to end it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and once again, Mort Burke, spiritually filthy, filthy, uh, <laughs> uh, just an A+. Plus. Uh, but it gave me the opportunity to really focus on actual comedy because auditioning shit for auditioning for stuff for me is a huge emotional effort. Like it just is. I wish it wasn't. I wish I couldn't. I wish I could go in and not give a fuck. Whatever, I wish I didn't tie all my self worth into like what this <laughs> random casting director thinks about me. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. For this multicam, <laughs> I do not like. You know. Oh, oh, dude, that's the most unfortunate thing too like my buddy called me out one time he's like would you even be happy with that job and i'm like nope. no probably not he's like then why are you mad that you didn't get it i'm like oh yeah. and then this is something i've been battling with recently is like oh because i wanted the money it's like well if you really yes. want money then acting is not the way to get like then like hollywood's not the way to get it yeah, there's man. other ways to get money if you really want just the money and i'm like 
no, I guess it's not just the money that I want. What do I want? What am I seeking? Validation? Yeah. And would I be validated in an uncreative role as like the fifth person on a show? I would love to be part of an ensemble. I love collaboration, but it's not like, it's not like now I'm happy. My dream is achieved. I'm like, I'm, I'm a, I'm Dave's fifth friend on Dave. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, dude, and I've been very lucky. The stuff I've gotten to work on is actually fucking excellent. Like, I actually get to be on stuff where the people are generally really kind, super talented, and psyched to be there. Like, that's just my experience with television. And apparently, it's and that should rare. be the and know. that should be the fucking metric you go by, right? And it's not yep. like instead you're like, well, there's this show that's more popular or pays better or has more prestige, and it's like. Yeah. No, I I had an amazing oper- I had an amazing time. Like not everyone else gets that. Like that should be an like I've been saying to myself about the travel show. The season was the gift. Like yeah. uh, like cuz I'm like I want more. It was the best opportunity I ever had. I want to do more of it and it's like well, what if you did none of it instead? It's like then you'd be so thankful to have eight episodes. So like getting myself mm. into that headspace of like that was the that was the prize. It's yeah. not a third season of a show is the prize. Like so few people get anything on the air. I got a thing and that's yeah. like a victory, but I don't look at it as a victory because I want more. When I guess ambition is not necessarily a fully negative thing, but if right. you can't turn and re- enjoy what you did get, then ambition is getting in the way there a little bit. Yeah. And like, and so when I did step away from auditioning for stuff, which I still, whatever, I'll go out for stuff occasionally. It's great. And I'm on a little thing right now and it's fucking excellent and I love it, but it's like, Stepping away from it also made me realize like, whoa, fuck, this was really affecting my self-confidence. Oh, like in a way that I didn't think like of people are like, how do you take so much rejection? I was like, I don't even think about it. It's it just, I don't hear no, I just don't hear anything and it goes away. But <laughs> over a long period of time, I realized like, yeah, man, I'm, and it's also, it's the way that I view the experience too. It's like, I treat the fucking casting director like they're my principal who's pissed at me. They're not. It's a fucking (laughs) random lady who cares about performance. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So like, but it's the energy that I come in with. So when I stepped away from that shit, I was just to be able to be able to be like, oh, I fucking really, I have done a lot of live performing and I really love it. And I want to try and get back into loving it, man. Yeah. That's so fucking real. I treated improv like I was trying to become the CEO of some place. And I love <laughs> improv, but I, you know, and you do this in your 20s and 30s. It's fine. I did fucking 15 shows a week or whatever. It's like, it was great. I loved it. That's not where I'm trying to be right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's so fucking. Uh, and b- before we get into uh, your plugs here, just all the the two things that I've, we've, I've connected over this conversation is I'm going to eliminate I've already done this for when me and my wife smoke weed together. I've eliminated phones. Like we're not allowed to be Mm. on our phones. If we smoke together, we have to just like one vice at a time kind of situation. But I found when I'm on my phone and smoking weed at the same time, I'm doing two things at the same time that are, you know, bad, naughty. And I'm not really enjoying either of them. (laughs) <laughs> it's like okay yeah, yeah. like if i'm gonna like let me be pre- if i can't be present for the duration of odd joint right then right. i don't know if if i should be doing drugs yeah like, if, you're like, <laughs> if you're doing cocaine and hiring a sex worker and you're hating it just don't do any of it yeah right do one or the other yeah. and if it's not, if it's <laughs> if it's fun do it if you are sweaty and mad at yourself just don't fucking do it anymore right so i feel like uh Getting the phone out of that's a step one. Getting the phone off my nightstand's another step. Uh, 
huge thing for me was becoming a fanny pack guy. Uh, ah. Because then when I'm when I'm at a place, my phone is in the fanny pack. I don't feel any vibrations. I don't feel the impulse to look at it. And if I'm at a friend's house, I just throw it in the pile of purses like all the women do. Yeah. Oh, is this where we put in our bags? Great. There's my fanny pack with my phone if I ever need it. But yeah. I won't take it out of my pocket out of ang- ang- uh, social anxiety or boredom at any totally. point. Which is yeah. so subconscious. It's like the way I don't smoke anymore. But the cigarette was in my mouth and lit before I even decided I had. It's the same thing with the phone. I'm Dude, looking at it before I make the decision. You know? I, I was like, the, the, the wait at the fucking grocery store was one person in front of me. Yeah. And my phone was in my backpack. And I started taking it out while I waited for And I was like, you can live in this moment for five you went to church for an hour a week you went to That's school right. six hours a day you could fucking wait for one lady in front of you to get two bags of groceries done i'm gonna just open up the five refresh apps and get no new info you know what yeah. i mean like it's great i'll say i just want to say one more thing to you about the meditation or whatever is that they say this and i think it's really true like one minute is better than none if you can't it took me a it took me a long time to be able to do 20 minutes consistently a long time you know and I mean? e- even and 20 bad minutes is 20, good. Dude, 20 bad minutes are the is the best because 20 when you sit with 20 bad you you've like for me it's hard but then when I'm done there's something about that fucking race in my head the runners had all have all started to slow down and they're a little more exhausted. I just let them do their shit, you know. Yeah, I found that as I got into saunas recently, I'll be like hmm. Oh, I wonder how much of the enjoyment of this is just 20 minutes of no input. Like, <laughs> like, like, yes, the heat and all that shit is very good for you. Heat shock proteins, uh, contrast therapy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But the idea of just like 20 minutes where my phone will overheat or 20, like I can't, I can't like listen to a podcast or something. It's just 20 minutes where I have to sit with my hot ass thoughts. That shit fucking works for me. Yeah, it is like, funny that we're saying this while we're on a podcast. It's like the a fucking like a dessert chef trying to talk you, talk to you how to handle your diabetes. I know. I'm like I'm like please listen to my show in the sauna. Fuck meditation. Please watch Mort Burke special. Like do not watch. Don't do not fucking exercise. Do, you know. <laughs> uh, Mort, I love a conversation with another forty plus person that starts about skateboarding and by the end of it is like. Well, here's what you need in your psyche to like tackle life. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. This is why all my conversations like spiral to this. Now, listeners of my podcast are so like, just talk about fucking general shows for a little bit. For <laughs> that gets good. That'll be your next episode. The whole general, general shows episode. So where, where can people watch Spiritually Filthy? Anywhere. Uh- yeah, it's on it's on YouTube. So it's on. It came out on eight hundred pound gorilla. So it's it's which is uh you know a label, and so it's on Spotify and Apple as an album, which I'm hyped about. And yeah, you could just uh, YouTube spiritually filthy. That's awesome. As a matter of fact, Emma, if you did it right, and I know you did, uh, if you click on Mort's name or right next to his name in the show notes of this podcast, it should be a link directly to his YouTube special. So check it out there. And uh, anything anything else you got uh, going on, Mort? Anything else you want to plug? Uh yeah, watch uh, Mythic Quest on Apple TV. Oh shit, yeah, I've been yeah. meaning to. I I yeah. truly have. Didn't know you were a part of that, and that's yeah. all the more reason to check it out. Fun one. Oh well, thank you so much for coming by the High and Mighty Studios virtually and getting into it with me. I just caught a fly out of the air with my hand. Did you Still- catch it? 
Yeah, still got it, baby. That God, yeah, <laughs> that was real. pretty fucking impressive. Dude, Although, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Go ahead. Sorry, I did the I did the childish thing of like, oh, I got a fly in my hand, and just flicked it into like my dresser. So like, I was like, I didn't, I I killed the fly, but its dead body is somewhere amongst my clothes now. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Mort, this was a real fucking pleasure, dude. Uh, I enjoyed chatting with you. Uh, from a from a literal stranger to finding out how much shit we have in common in one hour is pretty pretty impressive man pretty dude i'm psyched to be here man thank you this is a blast thanks for having me yeah of course so check out spiritually filthy and as for me you could always listen to action boys my patreon podcast about action movies it's not for everyone but maybe it's for you and then also you can check out 101 places to party before you die the one beautiful season now on something called Max. I, hopefully it's still there by the time this airs, but I should be because there's no residuals involved, so I bet you Zaslav will leave it up. <laughs> About to strike, baby. Yeah, let's go, baby. Go. Bye, shitheads. I am mighty. That was a HeadGum Podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. Immensely irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. You wake up after a few years and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> I don't hate them, but I pity the roommate. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.